0: The views expressed in this presentation are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect those of the U.S. Army War College, U.S. Army, or Department of Defense. Hi, I'm Andrew Hill, the Editor-in-Chief of War
1: Room. It is great to, uh, to be here with you. I'm uh, Major General Bill Rapp, the Commandant of the U.S. Army War College.
0: Sir, thank you so much for joining us today on the War Room Podcast. I wanted to start out and ask you, why do we need war colleges?
1: I'm going to go back to Isaiah Berlin. And he wrote his famous essay on the fox and the uh, hedgehog. And uh, most business schools will say to be successful, you need to be hedgehogs. You need to be able to do one thing really well. And I'll tell you, the senior leaders in our army need to be foxes. They have to do a number of things. They have to be agile and adaptive. Uh, They have to be thinking about different ways of approaching problems, kind of like foxes do. Um, And that's critically important. After 15 years of of war to ensure that our strategic leaders uh, look at problems anew, uh, look at information, uh, don't take assumptions for, uh, for granted, and to, uh, to be foxes and to solve problems and not just be really, really good at one thing. What is it about the War College
0: that gives them that fox-like perspective as opposed to maybe what they've had
1: before they come here? Yeah, so the path to the uh, Army War College for most of our students uh, and as you know, the Army War College of uh, the students that we put through about 2,250 per year, only about 1,200 of them are in the School of Strategic Land Power, the, the students that most people think of when we talk about the Army War College. So those students um, have gotten here mostly because of their tactical prowess. They have been very successful in operational units, they have deployed multiple times, uh, they have a ton of of experience at the tactical and lower operational level, but they need to make that jump to strategic level thinking and strategic level leadership. That is that, um, that leap over to uh, thinking about how the actions on the ground uh, can bring about successful policy um, uh, conclusions at the end of whatever fighting there is. We can fight well and still not win wars. And it's that recognition that um, when a military leader gets to that level of the strategic, they have to be thinking about how what they are doing and how that impacts on uh, achieving the uh, policy objectives set by the president uh, for being there in the first place. When the war colleges were founded by
0: uh, Elihu Root, Secretary of War, after the Spanish-American War, he, w- he was disappointed in the performance of the army in and- felt like the army needed a higher level of education for more experienced officers. And do do you think that the problems that drove the establishment of the war college, are those still problems today? I mean, or has the justification for a war college changed?
1: Yeah. So Elihu Root was very disappointed with the uh, the military's performance in the Spanish-American War. Nine out of 10 uh, soldiers who died in that conflict did not die of enemy action. They died of of nutrition problems, of health problems, and such. Uh, Very much a mismanagement in logistics, in large-scale operations, and bringing all of these parts together. Uh, And we were not using the lives of soldiers uh, in a way that credits their sacrifice uh, in that war. Uh, We have gotten much, much better as a military, and so no one would accuse us of that kind of lack of uh, logistical capability, of of operational capability. And so the need is still there uh, to have strategic leaders who are well-educated, who can think about and solve problems, though the immediate problem that Elihu Root was faced with uh, doesn't exist today. That need for war college is still just as important. And we really have two parts of the mission that we do here. We uh, educate strategic leaders, these colonels who are about to go become advisors or or senior leaders uh, themselves, and we develop ideas that help the Army think about the challenges of the present, the challenges of the uh, future. So it's that leaders and ideas uh, that make the war colleges, especially today, um, necessary and vital.
0: Do you think that uh, – are, are there in the Army currently strategic issues that – where you feel the War College right now can make an especially significant contribution in terms of the
1: current environment? So one of the challenges in war in a, um, uh, in a strategic setting that is not existential is uh, there's a lack of clarity. There's a lack of, uh, of strategic imperative Uh, there's a lack of all-in by the country on these things. And what that creates is a potential for tactics on the ground to become disconnected with strategic objectives being sought uh, in the larger picture. And sometimes what looks to be remarkably effective on the ground tactically could be counterproductive in a larger strategic sense. Making sure that our students who have grown up in the Army at war, who have done so many of these deployments at the tactical level, realize that just doing what you're comfortable with tactically does not necessarily in and of itself lead to the strategic outcomes that we went to war in the first place for. That is more important now more than ever. Uh, And I think that that is one of the major uh, eye-openers we hope to get to, uh, to our students. So I think there's a lot that this war college does. We also do a lot of war gaming, which is is not pushing around little pieces on a map from the, the old uh, still photos of World War II, uh, but much more thinking about a thinking adversary and how strategically they might react to certain moves uh, and what kind of implications come out of that. How do we address large-level uh, strategic war plans based on, uh, on a thinking uh, and reacting adversary? Because... Planning, uh, as Eisenhower said, uh, is everything. Plans themselves are nothing.
0: You've been associated with outstanding military education institutions, uh, West Point and War College. You've also, you're also a graduate of an outstanding civilian academic program at at Stanford. From your perspective, I mean, let, let me take devil's advocate and sort of say, you know, I understand what you're saying. We need really great strategic thinkers. This is the United States. We have outstanding universities. Why not send officers to a great graduate program like like at Stanford or Yale or Harvard? Why do we need a war college to get to that general level of understanding and and so you live this right you You graduated from Stanford you're also a war college graduate i mean what what is the war college providing to you as a graduate
1: that that you're not getting from your Civilian education. So I, I have gotten nothing but the highest regard for Stanford and the, uh, the Department of Political Science there where I got my doctorate. Uh, but a lot of what they teach is, is very theoretical. And, um, and that has to be tempered with experience and a practitioner's eye to, to how theories are modified to be useful as, as potential models uh, to think about um, and as frameworks To uh, to act upon, so it takes both. And I think that getting civilian graduate degrees as an as an officer absolutely vital. I think that every officer ought to have a civilian uh, master's degree from an accredited program, not just a um, not just have a master's that you bought uh, through through other means, but an accredited uh, program. And go to the military professional education schools where practitioners uh, have taken a lot of that work that is taught in civilian schools and put it into use. Um, Teaching the history, thinking about the hard problems. Because if these problems were easily solvable, like many texts might, might show that, well, if you just do this, it should work out well. Uh, we find that um, the problems are much more complex than that. They change when you start applying a fix to them. So it's how do you, you think more deeply about problems, adapt to them. And so it takes both. It takes both civilian uh, colleges to get that education. It also takes the military PME uh, and the practitioners that work on those faculties to, uh, to bring both together and make someone a more effective strategic leader who can create positive change in very complex organizations.
0: You've written about how important it is for senior military leaders to provide honest advice and feedback in the policy process. Um, We we might call it dissent, although that's maybe too strong a word, but it's certainly uh, giving, just being open in participating in policy decision-making at the highest levels. What can the war colleges do to help officers be better at providing that kind of, like the what you call the best military advice?
1: So, officers in all the services have been incredibly influenced, whether they know it or not, by uh, Samuel Huntington's 1957 book, uh, "Soldier in the State." It uh, his discussion of normal civil, civilian civilian uh, military relations uh, is one of of separate spheres or nearly separate spheres of, of influence. A, a civilian decisioner, decision maker decides on a policy. He asks for options. The military provides options. They have a discussion about risk. The civilian makes a decision. The military is relatively free to execute and then is held accountable for the results. We embrace that as a military as the proper means of civ mill relations. Uh, but what I have found is that does not uh, represent reality in Washington or, or most other places. And so it's much more as uh, Elliot Cohen and others would write, that it's about this unequal uh, authority, though uh, rigorous dialogue. And so it's how do we break out of this mode that we have have become uh, acculturated in believing the Samuel Huntington very linear process, and be able to effectively get in this give and take of dialogue necessary to figure out what are the true interests involved, figure out what the real problem is, and figure out how solvency, the the goals being roughly equivalent to the resources and the will and the means and the ways of applying them, uh, and so that we use uh, lives and treasure well wherever we send our forces around the world. And that is uh, that is critically important. And that's what I hope this year at the War College does, is it says, um, Huntington was a tremendous influence on our profession. But I believe that we have to break out of that mold. And we, military, st- staying strictly out of uh, partisan politics, but being cognizant and politically astute, That decision makers are influenced by a lot of other things that may be on their plate. And how do we provide a rational argument that helps shape uh, decisions in national security that would be the most effective? And I think that that realization uh, is what probably the most important thing that we can do at the war colleges today. When you joined the war colleges as the
0: the commandant uh, almost three years ago, I'm curious about your expectations coming in. You know, what what has surprised you about about the job that that you've done over the last three years and how how has it met your expectations? How has it differed from what you expected?
1: Well, my family and I had a wonderful year here as graduate of uh, of Carlisle and the Army War College in 2004. Uh, It was a great year, but it was on the tail end of a fellowship in Tokyo uh, by you know sponsored by the Council of Foreign Relations and and I had a great time in uh, in Tokyo so coming here uh, to the Army War College I thought ah oh, just another year of this but it ended up being absolutely superb I had a great seminar we uh, we talked about uh, some of the tough issues it was right at the beginning of the uh, the war in Iraq and so uh, we had a great backdrop uh, to discuss from so this this uh, when I came here as commandant, I felt very blessed to be able to get this opportunity. And what uh, immediately struck me is we had to be more than just a great teaching school. We also had to be at the forefront of idea production because the army was almost too busy to think. Mm -hmm. 15 years of constant war, we were outsourcing all of our our deep thinking to to different think tanks. Um, And we needed to provide the chief of staff of the Army with an internal capability to think about the tough problems. And when you marry up the need for students to start making the transition to thinking of themselves as strategic leaders and the need from the, for the Army to have people do some deep strategic thinking, now you have students that must, you know, we force them to feel that they have to take on some of these tough problems. They have to make their intellectual energy matter. And between the two of those, leaders and ideas, uh, we can produce value for the Army here at the Army War College. And I think that that's been the really neat thing that I have seen uh, over the last uh, several years is this continued recognition that there is value coming out of Carlisle. And it's not just in our students, which I think are absolutely world class, uh, but it's in our ideas. It's in the conferences that we put on, the war games that we sponsor. We're now in charge of general officer education for the Army, which is just a tremendous uh, benefit to have all of that together in this one special place at Carlisle.
0: What do you think the biggest challenges are for the War College going forward? I mean, so you've talked about how much we've grown as an institution, not obviously not just under your tenure, where do you see the, the challenges and, and also the
1: opportunities for the school going forward? Yeah, I think the, the opportunities and the upside are are absolutely fantastic. We have to continue to build our reputation as the go-to place for strategic thinking uh, for the Army. We have to uh, integrate students into that strategic thinking and make sure that their recent experiences, combined with the study that they do over this year, produces scholarship that actually has impact out in the force, impact uh, uh, on the country and its national uh, uh, security decision-making processes. Uh, that is a, just a fabulous opportunity. And the fact that we continue to be funded uh, robustly to do that tells me that um, the upsides are uh, continue to be huge. I don't really see right now uh, any major risk unless we become complacent, unless we start not providing the value to the force, because in a fiscally constrained environment, if you're not providing value, uh, you're going to have budget cuts. Uh, and uh, we want to be that place where the Army says, this is a great investment. You know, the uh, to run the U.S. Army War College uh, is about the same cost to run it for a year as a uh, heavy brigade combat team rotation at the National Training Center for a two-week uh, stint uh, at the National Training Center in uh, California. Uh, I think that's a fabulous return on investment that, uh, that we provide the Army through the development of leaders and ideas.
0: As you depart the War College, uh, if you were to give advice to your successor, what would you say?
1: Well, I... I would say that uh, um, just keep keep the pedal down. This is leaders and ideas. It's not just a leader development institution. It's not just an idea development institution. Both of them create a synergy that's absolutely vital and necessary for the Army at this time. I think it's recognized by General Milley, the chief of staff, that it is about both leaders and ideas, and that we need um, solid strategic thinking uh, so that we can move forward in a very uncertain uh, uncertain future so i would tell them uh, you got the best job going in the army and uh, just enjoy it we've got a wonderful team here uh, that uh, the products that they put out in both leaders and ideas are a credit uh, to the army uh, and the joint force around the world where
0: are you headed next
1: i'm going to uh, to join the faculty at harvard kennedy school and i've I heard that's a good place <laughs> 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 i think you're a little biased but yeah, uh yeah a it bit. is uh, <laughs> Uh, we think it's going to be a wonderful opportunity, and uh, I'm very excited. It's, a, um, it's just a wonderful faculty there with a, just a tremendous uh, educational mission, and, I, and we look forward to joining them. Well, sir,
0: thank you very much for being with us today in Warren Podcast, and thanks for your
1: leadership. Well, it's an honor, Andrew. Thank you for your time. Thanks for listening.
0: And that concludes our program. Thank you for listening.